we're in a series called Lies of the Devil, which is awesome because you can hardly see that at all. That's why we need some TVs up in this joint. Oh my. Anyways. Um, and last week, we talked about this idea that, uh, the idea that God will never put more on you than you can handle. It's, it's this awesome statement that sounds so true. It seems like it should be printed on a t-shirt or on a bumper sticker or just with lots of butterflies and flowers and sunshine. But it's just not true. It's not in the scriptures. And we kind of talked about that. And tonight, we're going to talk about another lie, which I think is probably something that no matter how old you are or, how, you know, place in life, you have probably heard this at one time or another. Um, in fact, if you've ever watched the Disney Channel, or who's watched the Disney Channel? All right, I mean, come on, let's admit, let's not, we are sort of in church, so let's not be lying now. You've watched the Disney Channel, yeah, then you've probably heard it there. I think this is like the theme of Disney. I mean, if it's not, it's something close to this. Lie number two is just follow your heart. You've heard that, right? In movies and TV shows and from teachers maybe. Hey, Tim. Hi, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, from, from, uh, maybe, even, maybe even from your parents, from adults, some adult. Um, you've heard it from somewhere. People say all the time, yeah, just follow your heart. Or, and I think we kind of we live in a world that just says, hey, just follow your heart and everything will work out be okay just just shoot for the stars dream big you know go big or go home sort of mentality you know and all your wishes will come true right wouldn't you agree we kind of live in a world like that i mean i know that i feel like because uh, my, my children watch a lot of disney Channel, so I, I i didn't raise my hand when we sit when i asked everybody but i watch i gotta have both hands up because i watch a lot of disney Channel. Unfortunately, I know all about Dog with a Bog and uh, Good Luck Charlie. I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I know about all those shows. I can tell you all the characters. But I feel like my kids are just getting so indoctrinated with this idea. Every time I see a commercial, it seems like they're saying something about, like, just, just believe in yourself. R- really, really believe in yourself. Or just, just follow your heart and everything will be okay. All your wildest dreams will come true. And it's possible that you've heard this before as well. If you just follow your heart, if you work hard enough, if you believe in yourself hard enough, everything will be fine. And I'm just not so sure that when we look at Scripture that that is something that God is teaching us. I believe that really this is, is, is kind of a, a lie. If you look at Scripture, and, the other, and aside from Scripture, the other place that we can, we can look and know that this is a lie is if you've ever seen American Idol. Have I ever seen? Who, who is, if, raise your hand if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say American Idol. I have no idea how American Idol works. Okay, at least we're all on the same page. If you, if you don't, you may have been living under a rock for the last 13 years. Um, American Idol brings these people on in the beginning stages that think they know how to sing to try out. And um, that's where we've gotten such great tunes as Pants on the Ground. Do <laughs> you remember that? Um, <laughs> break down for us. You know, 
These people think they can sing because mom or dad or aunt or, or grandma somewhere said, oh, you have such a beautiful voice and if you just believe in yourself, you'll be able to sing and someday you'll be a big star. And um, then they go on American Idol and people like Randy Jackson or <laughs> Keith Urban or people that really can sing have to tell them that somebody didn't love you enough <laughs> to tell you that... A three-year-old screaming into a red solo cup sounds better than this because you just can't sing. And, and it just amazes me. I don't know if you watch it. I, I'm, Allison got me hooked, and now she don't even watch it. I just, I'm the only one that watches it. And, and it just amazes me, these people that come on there and think they can sing, and it's like, oh, bless your heart. You, man, you know, no one told them, hey, why don't, why don't you try softball? Why don't you give, pick a pencil up and try art, you know? Write a book. Something, but singing just isn't your thing. You know, no amount of work for some of those people, no amount of time, no amount of effort or believing in themselves is ever going to give them the ability to sing at star level. Maybe they'll sound better in the shower. Uh, Maybe they'll be able to sing better along with the radio, but they're not going to be, like, famous. You know, I, I found this to be true in my life. It didn't take me too long in science in high school to realize I wasn't going to be a doctor or a pharmacist. I mean, let's be honest. You don't want me behind the counter at CVS mixing up a concoction that's going to be your medicine that's going to make you feel better. I promise you that. Um, the ratios are not going to be even close. Um, you know, so, I, and it wasn't a matter of, I just, you know, if you just try harder, Ian, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to do it. No, I just, I just couldn't do it. The same thing with geometry. I actually, I think this is funny that your dad is an architect because I actually considered that at one point and then I had to take high school geometry. And I had to copy off the kid that sat next to me to pass. I, you know, I, there was no way. I, I just couldn't do it. It was just, I, I just didn't understand it. And so, you know, that wasn't going to set me up real well for being an architect one day. You know, you kind of have to know math. And so it, it wasn't, you know, a work harder uh, a be smarter. It was I just didn't have the ability, the talent, or the brain power um, to excel in that field. Now, I think we get this on a really practical level. When we see the kid out there train, trying out for baseball, and you're like, oh dear. You know, he just, he just, you feel bad, you know, because dad made him go out, or mom made him go out, and he's just not really good. You know, we, we get it when it comes to someone trying to play an instrument that just can't do it or someone who can't sing. But why is it that we don't get this when it comes to relationships? We think, oh, you know, my heart's telling me that that guy is so cute and I'm just going to follow my heart because my heart says he is gorgeous and he loves me. You know, why, why is it that we don't get it when, when, we, when it comes down to that moment and we think, well, that guy said, if I don't do this in this relationship, he won't go out with me. Or she won't go out with me if I don't do this. And our heart's telling us to do those things. But they're not good things. Um, why is it that we don't get it when our heart leads us down a path to do things like, like drinking? Because it looks cool. Because the cool kids do it. Or like, this is a real, real base level. Why is it that we don't get it when our heart leads us to make fun of the kid that sits by himself at lunch? Because for a moment, we're going to fit in with that group that's making fun of him. Why don't we get it in those sorts of situations? 
We let our heart lead us down all sorts of crazy paths. It guides us down these wrong paths that over time will lead to destruction. And the Bible warns so much against this. If you have a Bible or you want a Bible, where's all our Bibles at, Rebecca? Okay, you guys stole them. Okay, if you don't have a Bible and you want one or you have your phone, you can bust out your app. Just be on the Bible, though. No playing Flappy Bird or whatever. Boom Beach, that's the one. Thanks to Tate, now I'm playing that game. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know it until Tate showed me last Sunday during Sunday school. (laughs) We know what he was doing. (laughs) Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. It's it's about midway through. I'm going to read, I really want to focus on one verse, but I'm going to read from verse 5 to 9, just to kind of give you the whole layout here. It says this, This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one, or cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And this is the key verse, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Another translation says it this way. The heart is sick. Who can understand it? Scripture clearly states that our heart is is sick. It is beyond cure. It It is messed up. Is deceitful above all things. It has a natural bent towards the things of this world, a natural bent towards sinning, going uh, towards going away from the things of God. And God doesn't want us to follow our heart in that way. God wants to, to have us surrender our life, to surrender our heart over to Him so that He can give us a new heart. But yet so often... We follow our heart and it allows us to chase after so many things. We chase after uh, success in sports. We chase uh, after girls, after guys, after uh, drugs sometimes, after alcohol, after jobs, success, popularity, pride, money, education, uh, education, prestige, and all sorts of other things. Our heart is deceitful and beyond cure. Now, this is... Totally for, for the parents in the room right now for just a moment. It's really ironic for me. I started working on this message, and I knew I was going to be preaching it after I left church last Sunday morning. And this song came on the radio. Does anybody remember the band Extreme? Yeah. And the song Wholehearted? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was having a, a, a total moment in the car. I was, I was singing it, just to sing it. <laughs> and see, I'm like one of those people from American Idol that really probably shouldn't sing that loud. Um, it was awesome. It really just it, it took me back. I don't know where I kind of learned that song or picked up on that song, but it was awesome. And the, and the lyrics are like this. I think, it's, I think this is funny because there is no way when they wrote this song they realized they were going to be speaking biblical truth 
um, that was going to be used in a sermon on on a Sunday night, you know, in, in this setting. This the, this is the chorus. This is this. There's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by you, and this hole in my heart can't be filled with the things I do. I mean, that that could be scripture, <laughs> seriously, because there is a hole in our heart that can only be filled with more of Jesus, more of God, more of the Holy Spirit. And yet, we so often try to fill that hole with so many other things. The things that we do, the things of this world, the, the, the lusts of our heart. And it cannot be filled. No matter how hard we try, how much we chase, it will never be satisfied. Our hearts have been created in such a way to long for Jesus. But yet we fill it with so many things that aren't Jesus. We will never stop longing for more stuff, more relationships, more money, more success, more power, and all the things of this world if we choose to just follow our hearts. A great example of this is King Solomon. If you're familiar with King Solomon from the scriptures, he was uh, David, King David's son. Not King David, our King David. <laughs> but King David from, from the scriptures. And he... He, was, uh, he became king after David, and during his life, Solomon had more wealth than anybody has ever had. He had more women than anybody has ever had. He had, he had countless wives, and then some on the side. You know, that's, he, he had, uh, they were called concubines, and he, I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a lot. More women than any one man should have in their life. I have one, and it is challenging enough. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'll pretend like I didn't see that. He had all, all, this, all this money and all this stuff. He had everything his heart could have ever desired. And he said this at the end of his life in Ecclesiastes 2, verses 10 through 11. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward of my toil. Yet when I surveyed all the things that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. See, at the end of his life, he realized that it was all worthless. He could have had everything in the entire world and it wasn't fulfilling. It didn't satisfy the, the, the longings of his heart. All the money, all the prosperity, all the women, all the jewelry, all the diamonds and the gold and all the stuff wasn't satisfying. He needed more of God in his life. See, at the end of the day, you could have it all. All the friends, all the money, all the Xbox games, all the PlayStation games, all the best cars, all the best houses. And it's nothing next to Jesus. Without the heart of Jesus in your life, it is nothing. See, we are one week away from Easter. And Easter really is this celebration about what Jesus did on the cross. It is this reminder of what He did. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. See, Jesus' death on the cross 
created this opportunity for you and I, in our sinful nature, our brokenness from God, to have an opportunity to be made new. To heal that hole that is in our heart. To fix the deceitfulness. To fix the brokenness. To fix that sickness that is beyond cure. And we have the opportunity to be that new creation. And I believe that once that happens, for those of you who would say, you know what, I am a Christian. I have surrendered my life to Jesus. I have given my heart to Him. Once that has happened, we have to do some things or take some measures to begin to protect our heart. And I love, uh, there's another passage of Scripture written by King Solomon as well in Proverbs 4.23. It's probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, we as humans have been created in such a way and we operate in such a way that if the love of Christ is in us, if that's what our heart is, what's in our heart, then that's what's going to come out. So if what's in your heart is junk, it's longing after uh, more money or longing after making that sports team, longing after the girl or the guy that is just so cute, you can't live without them. Um, and believe me, there are a lot of those. Um, or the lust of our heart, that's what's going to dictate the course of our life. That's going to guide us and direct us. What is in our heart will spring forth every single moment of our day. In fact, another translation of that verse says it, that it is the wellspring of our life. It, it, it springs out of us. Whatever's in our heart springs out of us. And know this, if we do not guard our heart from the sins of this world, then those things will lead us further and further away from Christ. Further and further away. And further and further down a path that leads towards destruction. I want to give you, just really quickly, and then we're going to be done, three things that I think um, will help you guard your heart. Now, they're, they're kind of um, a little bit silly, sort of, I think. I mean, maybe they're not. I don't know. They just seem a little silly to me. As I was reading them this week, I was like, that just, that just sounds silly. But imagine with me that your heart is like a pet. Who has pets? Who is good with pets? Who? Okay, put your hands down. Who is not good with pets? All right. So just a few. I, hmm, so-so. We've kept some fish alive for a while. <laughs> They're Lila's fish. The shrimp that were in there, dead as a doornail. But the fish, still kicking. Or swimming, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. Um, imagine that your heart is a pet. And, and, and you care for this pet. And you want to make sure that the condition of, of your heart is good all the time. You have to take care of it, right? Just like you, you know, you feed the dog or you feed the cat and you, you know, let them go outside once in a while, you know. Our heart, in, in, very, in, in, in the same way, is much like that. We have to make sure that we're taking care of the condition of our heart. And the first thing that we need to do is we need to be aware of what you're feeding your heart. Now, my parents had this dog that would eat everything. Glass, porcelain, candles, leather, shoes, you name it. That dog would eat it. The dumbest dog I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it ate all that stuff, 
and then died of like a heart defect that it had from birth. I don't understand how it didn't die from the glass. The heart defect got it at 14 years old. How it lived that long is a miracle. But anyways, all that to say, we can't be feeding our heart junk. You got to watch out what you, what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. Man, there are shows on TV that are just unreal. The fact that they're on TV, it just blows me away. You have to be aware of what you are feeding your heart. Every time you watch something that you probably shouldn't be watching, you're feeding your heart. You're feeding your heart. Every time you're reading something you shouldn't be reading, you're feeding your heart. You're feeding your mind. And over time, those things will just lead you further and further away from Christ and down a path of destruction. Philippians 4 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Don't feed your heart junk because junk will come out. Second thing, be aware of where the heart goes. You know, with same thing with a pet. You've got to make sure that the pet doesn't run off, right? You've got to make sure it stays in your yard, and there are many ways we do that. You know, the, the good, best way, I think, is the, the shock collar. Put that thing on there, man. Zap that dog back in the yard. And you know what? You kind of got to do that with your heart sometimes. Sorry. We didn't have a fence before, so, you know, we just did what we can do, you know. You know, you have to sometimes zap your heart in a, in a sense. Not with the AED, preferably. Um, back, back home. You need to make sure that it's not going places that it shouldn't be going. If it's hanging out with friends that it shouldn't be hanging out with. Because they're, yeah, they're your friends, but maybe they're not the best people to be around. Maybe they're not the best influence. Maybe they're not saying things around you or talking about things that you should be saying and talking about. Or, or maybe they're going places that you shouldn't be going. Or going places that your parents, if they knew you went, you'd be in trouble. I mean, that's huge. Even if, even if it's really not necessarily that bad of a place in your mind, if your parents said you shouldn't go there, well, you shouldn't go there. You know, and, and I get that maybe you, you don't understand why they say that or why they think that, but it's still a good idea. Maybe you'll understand one day. Or maybe your mom and dad will come to you and be like, sorry, that was really dumb, but I'm glad you listened. You know, let them have that moment. Let them be the one to apologize rather than you after you just got slapped with being grounded for three weeks, you know, or whatever. Somebody's getting some ideas back there. You know, we have to watch where our heart goes. One of my best friends growing up was not a Christian. And I realized really quickly that it didn't, as I got older, that more and more time around him was not necessarily a good thing. The more time I spent around him, the more I started to say things that I didn't normally say that I started to do things that I didn't normally do, and I started to view the world, strangely enough, in a particular way that I didn't normally view the world that way. I didn't think about people that way. I didn't treat other people that way, except for when I was around him for an extended period of time. And maybe that's true for some of you. Last thing. Be aware of what the heart loves. Our heart has that natural tendency to really get wrapped up in things and to just really like certain things, to long after certain things, you know. Um, and, and this is dumb, but there are times when my heart longs after playing a video game or longs after watching a show or a movie or longs after doing certain activities. And maybe those things 
aren't necessarily good for my heart. I don't know. Maybe the things that your heart's longing after would be lead you down a destructive path. Maybe it's places, books, music, shows, all kinds of other things that are going to drag you further and further away from Christ. We need to make a habit of praying constantly for God to give us the ability to guard our heart, to protect our heart from the things of this world. So let me ask you, how is your heart tonight? You really just thought about it for a moment. How is your heart? Have you been believing the lie that it's okay for you to just follow your heart and do whatever your heart says? Whatever, you know, because, you know, the heart's always right, you know. Just follow your heart and everything will be all right. You know, have you been believing that? Has your heart been leading you to hang out with some people that you shouldn't hang out with? Or do some things that you shouldn't be doing? Or say some things that you shouldn't be saying? Where is your heart leading you? How is your heart? I want to, I don't want to do like a big emotional thing or whatever, but if we could just, everybody bow their heads and we're going to pray. And while we do, while we do, I want to give you an opportunity that if your heart really is, you say, you know what, that's true of me. My heart has been leading me down some places and some paths and I've been doing some things that I probably shouldn't be doing. I just want to give you an opportunity to recognize that and so we can pray for you. So let's bow our heads together. Um, if that's true for you tonight, you've been letting your heart lead your life and it's not going well, then what I'd ask you to do at this moment with all heads bowed and eyes closed, just slip your hand up so we can pray for you. I'm not going to announce your name or you know anything like that. Just put your hand up for just a second and you can put it right back down. Okay. Okay. Let's pray together. Father God, I just ask that you would be with each student in here, each parent in here, God, as we as a community of faith, as a, as a church, God, just pursue after your heart and try so much, God, to grow deeper in a relationship with you. And I pray just so much, God, that we would have that heart of Jesus. God, that you would give us that new heart. God, that you would just come into our lives and take over. Wash us clean. Make us new, God. May we be able to just stand before you and say, I am a new creation because of Jesus. God, I pray for those who, who raise their hand and, and just pray that you would just touch them in a very special way, God. Whatever it is that's on their heart, God, that, that they're dealing with, where their heart's been leading, God, I pray that they would just be able to confess that to you right now. God, that they would... Just, you would just make them new, fill their heart with a love for, for Jesus and a, God, a, a desire to serve you and to, to pursue after you, God, and not chase after those things that our heart so longs for. God, that you would, I just ask that you would just draw each of us closer to you. God, we love you and, and we want more of you in our life. Please forgive us of our sins. God, that have 
entangled our lives. Forgive us, even, even of, the, of the small things, God, that maybe don't seem so significant. Forgive us of, of our sin. Make us new. Please pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight. Um, thanks, parents, for coming out, hanging out with us, and fifth graders. You guys will be back in here for the first time on June 1st. For the first time. And then we're going to have a fun time serving all summer long, different places. Um, we'll tell you more about that in the near future. The only other thing I need to say before you go is don't forget that we are not having a youth group next week. Have fun with your families on Easter. And uh, have a good week. You can hang out and play games if you want. Or you can... Adios. That's his fault. It was operator error. He couldn't find the, um... He couldn't find the, uh... Oh, is it tomorrow? That's right. He couldn't find More Than Conquer, so he couldn't do it. See, uh, what's tomorrow? His birthday. (gasps) Yeah, let's sing Happy Birthday to Nathan real quick. Lead it up. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.